following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Basketball Society. What's going on, everybody? This is Alex Fishbein, of course, back with you again from Basketball Society with another episode of The Atlantic Files. Now, as we said before, if you are looking to better yourself in the game of basketball, if you are looking for a great coach and a great training team that can better your kids in the game of basketball, whatever it may be, with a wide range of ages going from elementary school all the way up to high school and college. If you are looking to better your skills, go no further than Basketball Society Elite Training. That is B-Set. If you go to BasketballSocietyOnline.com, you will find a link there for the training services that we have for you. Our head guy himself, Martin Sores, is the man to train you in all sorts of facets of the game of basketball and if you want to see any of the testimonials, they are on there as well. And there has been nothing but great reviews. So if you want to better yourself in the game of basketball, if you want your kids or you know somebody who might want to themselves, then send them over to BasketballSocietyOnline.com to check out Basketball Society Elite Training. Now, uh, uh, also, make sure you check out... just. The website itself, BasketballSocietyOnline.com. We have plenty of stuff on there for any of your basketball needs. And make sure you check out the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. There are plenty of podcasts on the network for any sport you can think of. And there are four Basketball Society podcasts, that is including this one, on the network as well. So, the regular season is is now over. The regular season is done. Finito. Finished. And the postseason starts today. Uh, well, technically, yes, today, because it is 12.03 a.m. on Saturday. So the playoffs start today. <laughs> um, and I do think that these playoffs are going to be one of the best ones we've seen in a while because... Even though we do have the teams like Golden State and Cleveland still there that were the powerhouses in the last few years that we've seen in the finals in the last few years, this is the most vulnerable that both teams have looked. And it's really setting up for some craziness to happen, you know, throughout this postseason. Uh, it's setting up to really, like, show 
um, that anybody can really win. And it should be very interesting to see what kind of upsets happen, if any humongous upsets happen, whatever that may be. Um, it, it should, it's, personally, I just think it's going to be one of the best we've seen in a little while here. So, getting on with it. Obviously, every year, we, on the Atlantic Files, have done an, uh, the annual award show. And what we do is give out awards for the Atlantic Division. Um, and those, uh, like, obviously they contain, or co sorry, I should say consist of the same awards that you would find in the regular NBA awards. So there's the MVP you know, rookie of the year, most improved six man coach, defensive player, all of those. And we have some fun ones on top of that. Now, if you follow the the Atlantic Files Twitter at Atlantic Files, you would know that I put out some polls on there. And I wanted to get to to see what you guys thought about some of the awards we have coming up here in the show today. And so what I'm going to do is I'm bringing those up here right now in front of me so we have those ready. And we are going to go over these awards one by one, uh, like award by award. And I will give the fan vote and then I will give my opinion on it. So without further ado, what we will start off with is probably the most obvious one. So, Rookie of the Year. We had about 70 votes in this one. 85% voted for Ben Simmons. 13% voted for Jason Tatum. 2% voted for Frank Nidalekina. And 0% voted for OG Anunobi. Now... Like I said, this one is probably one of the most obvious ones. Um, there were a lot of people that really are saying, like, oh, Jason Tatum deserves Rookie of the Year, like, overall in the NBA. Uh, but, you know, when it comes down to it, when you have outside fans voting, not just Sixers and Celtics fans, when you have just NBA fans in general voting, yeah, Jason Tatum's not going to get that many votes. Sure, he played a big part on this team. He played, I mean, he came in and provided a a huge service for the Celtics, especially with uh, Gordon Hayward going down in the beginning of the season. But he still didn't have the type of year that Ben Simmons or Donovan Mitchell had. Now, you know, with Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons, uh, if you saw the Fish's Friday rant that I put out on Basketball Society uh, on, on Friday, technically yesterday at this point, you would have seen that I brought up a, a thing about, you know, all of the arguments and excuses for Rookie of the Year and how uh, Donovan Mitchell apparently doesn't care about Rookie of the Year but continues to wear sweatshirts that talk about rookies and, and who should be a rookie and who shouldn't be a rookie. And then people are saying Ben Simmons quote-unquote, isn't a rookie because he was here 
you know, for this is his second year technically under contract, but he never played a single game in his first year because of his injury. Um, so there's a lot of things going back and forth that, you know, are just pretty dumb. Um, and when it all comes down to it, when the, with all of the players that the NBA deems as rookies, I agree with this vote. I say Simmons takes rookie of the year of the Atlantic and takes rookie of the year in the entire league, just because Ben Simmons has been a great all-around talent um sure he does not have a jump shot but the fact that he is still averaging 16 points per game without that jump shot is pretty impressive the fact that defenses know that they can sag off of him like a good by a good like four or five feet sag off of him and the fact that he still can take it to the hole and and score or take take his man into the post and still score or get an assist out of it is impressive in and of itself. And on top of that, there was a lot of talk about his defense not be, not going to be up to to par because when he was at LSU it looked like he wasn't trying. Um and I mean, it's for the most part that's probably true. He probably wasn't trying on defense. That's why when we watched him we were kind of like, well, on defense, you know, he's not really all that much. And at LSU he wasn't. But his defense now has been pretty fantastic. Uh and on top of that, his court vision and his his uh passing ability and his handling were all as as uh marketed um and then his rebounding being a six foot ten point guard well yeah there's going to be plenty of rebound opportunities there so as i said ben simmons rookie of the year of the atlantic and of the entire nba now the next real like unanimous decision vote here was for defensive player of the year I actually didn't think it was going to be this uh, huge of a deficit. I thought some other people were going to vote some of the other options here. But of the 80 votes in this poll, Embiid took 80% of them. Uh, Siakam took 4%, Horford took 9%, and Covington took 7%. Now... When I said I didn't expect this to be this big of a deficit, I'm not saying that I expected, you know, like Siakam to win or anything. I thought it was just going to be closer between Embiid, Covington, and Horford. Uh, Siakam I threw in there because of the versatility of his defense. He played, I mean, and and he could be brought in anytime by Toronto off the bench to cover really any position almost other than maybe point guard um, just because of his quickness, his athletic ability, and his size and length. Um, he's just a, a utilitarian on, uh, on defense. I think I used that word right. I'm not really sure, but hopefully I use that word right. Let me know if I use that word right. <laughs> um, and then Covington, I mean, Covington has had you know, I think he's top, top five, maybe even top three in terms of past deflections this year. Um, he's been, you know, huge in the steals category, defensive rating. Um, you know, he's just an, an annoyance to any person that he's covering. And he's been one of the top perimeter defenders the past couple seasons as well. So, 
um, there's that as well. And then Horford, just kind of the Swiss Army knife for the Celtics, does a little bit of everything and and also is the glue guy. So, excuse me. Um, so he's, you know, I thought he would maybe get some more votes there, especially by the... the the Celtics faithful, but Embiid takes it nonetheless, which I mean, he's still deserving of Embiid still, I mean, locks down the paint. Uh, when the other team thinks of driving to the hole, you still have to worry about Embiid. It's not like, okay, I have a free lane. I'm just going to take it. No, you always have to worry about Embiid coming over and playing some help defense, no matter how big of a hole you think you have in the lane or not. I mean, you know his presence. His presence is just always there when he's on the court, and you have to know where he's at at all times. This is a guy that, you know, you can't just uh, forget about and then try and take some random shot uh, because you'll get blocked. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I do think Embiid is deserving. I agree with the fan vote in terms of the Atlantic. I think Embiid would be the defensive player of the year. But in terms of the entire league, my vote would go to Rudy Gobert. Um, He honestly is just a huge part of the entire Utah Jazz team, and they were still losing a good amount of games uh, when he was out with his injury. And the, the impact he was able to make on the defensive end when he came back from injury was just ridiculous. Um so I, I would have to give the nod to Rudy Gobert in terms of the entire league. So now moving on, we will go to sixth man of the year. This one was actually a little bit surprising to me as well because I didn't think the person who won this would win. So out of the 63 votes, Van Vliet got 32%. Rozier got 46%. Siakam got 2%, and TJ McConnell got 20%. I really thought Van Vliet would take this uh, because Van Vliet has been impressive, and so has the entire Raptors bench. But Rozier also has been very, very much improved. I mean, came in and got a triple-double when Kyrie Irving was hurt at one point, came in and dropped, I think it was like, what, 40 points at one point as well. Uh, he he had some big, 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 big-time games, and, I mean, he's just improved greatly. Um, but in this, uh, this is one fan vote that I'm going to disagree with I'm going to give my sixth man of the year of the Atlantic to Fred Van Vliet um, because of, you know, just the mismatch that he deals with all the time. Like, he's such a smaller guy that he's he's always cons- uh, considered, um, like, as a mismatch. Um, like, not in his favor, like, in the favor of the defender um, or the guy that he's guarding. So uh, I think uh, the the step up that he had and the way that he was able to still keep the team afloat and sometimes even make the team even better when he came in off the bench for the Raptors I thought was huge and that just played into the Raptors grabbing that number one seed. I think that he was a big, big part of that. Um, so I, I believe that Van Vliet would be my sixth man of the year for the Atlantic. For the sixth man of the year in the entire league, I'm going Lou Will. 
which is, you know, pretty much a given for most people. Um, he's got a song. I mean, there, there's a song after the man's name. Six Man Like Lou Will. The man embodies the six man... Like, like at, at some point, I really think the sixth man of the year award should either be named after Lou Will or Jamal Crawford. One of the two guys. I think it should honestly be named after one of them. Moving on. So, after them, we will go with executive of the year. Now, I thought the executive of the year for the Atlantic would be pretty interesting because... All of these executives made some good moves in the Atlantic, except the Knicks. <laughs> um, so that's why the Knicks weren't even in the the fan poll. The the Knicks made some very questionable decisions as far as the executive goes. I mean, I did personally. I didn't agree with Jeff Jeff Hornacek. Uh, you draft Frank Nitalikina, even though you had a good amount of other guys still on the board at that point. I I didn't really agree with that either. I mean, I was still hoping Frank Nitalikina turned out, uh, but that didn't really. Well, so far it hasn't done much. I mean, he's got plenty of time to develop. Don't get me wrong, but so far hasn't been much. Uh, they go after and get Emmanuel Mudiay. That's nothing to write home about either. The I would say the biggest addition they really made was probably Trey Burke, especially for the amount of money they got him for. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, didn't help you do much. Uh, otherwise, there was Sean Marks, Brian Sean Marks of the Nets. In case you didn't know who Sean Marks was, Brian Colangelo, obviously the Sixers, Masai Ujiri of the Raptors and Danny Ainge of the Celtics. I really liked the moves that Sean Marks made. He got a lot of top draft pick people that the team that other teams didn't want. And I mean, they're in this stage where, Hey, you might as well test people out. They still also got D'Angelo Russell out of everything. So, Hey, I mean, I thought he made some, some very nice moves over there. Uh, it just really stinks that, Jeremy Lin had to go down with the injury in the beginning of the season and, and be ruled out for the rest of the year. But I thought he made some pretty good moves. Uh, I mean, as as good of moves as you can make in the situation that he's in with the Nets. And then Brian Colangelo uh, obviously made some good moves. Uh, even though we haven't seen much of Markel Fultz, I still thought that was a good move trading up to get him um, because... I mean, now that Fultz has been back, he's already gotten a triple-double, and I think it's only going to go up from there. So that'll be interesting to see. The additions of both Bellinelli and Ilyasava have proven to be some very nice depth moves uh, and just adding a little bit more veteran-ish. No, not veteran-ish because they are veterans. Um what am I trying to say? Adding some more, you know, veterans into the mix is what I guess I'm trying to say. Is also a good thing when it comes to be playoff time because now you have an NBA champion on your roster and Marco Bellinelli. I mean, that's got to help at least somewhat. Uh, and then Masai Ujiri 
came in and got you know some some key players there in CJ Miles, uh, drafted OG Anunobi, you know, really bolstered that bench and got them to where they are right now. And then of course, Danny Ainge making that trade to get even more first round picks, uh, to then just trade down and still get the guy that they wanted in the first place in Jason Tatum and to get, uh, Clay, Clay, Kyrie Irving, (laughs) To get Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, even though now both of them are hurt. Uh, that's why I completely understand the fan vote swinging to Danny Ainge. Um, I personally would go with Sean Marks. Uh, don't get me wrong. Danny Ainge, great, great, great moves this offseason. Getting Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward are no uh, moves to laugh at. But I think with the situation that Sean Marks was in the the situation that he inherited i think that it's even more impressive on the kind of moves that he made and what he was able to do with that situation so personally i would give it to sean marks as far as executive of executive of the year in terms of the entire league i would probably go with daryl morey getting chris paul over there uh, and, you know, grabbing that number one seed in the West. I think that, and just building that team around Harden, that really plays to Harden's strengths. So I would give it to him. Now, uh, moving on to Coach of the Year. This was one of the most highly contested votes. Um, obviously, I didn't put Hornacek because he got fired. So out of the four, I put Atkinson from the Nets, Brett Brown from the Sixers, Stevens from the Celtics, and Casey from the Raptors. Now, I honestly swore Stevens was going to win this uh, just because of the injuries and keeping the team going and still getting a number two seed. I thought Stevens was going to win this in a landslide, actually. But the fans picked Dwayne Casey. So out of the 71 votes, 35% picked Dwayne Casey, 32% picked Brad Stevens, 31% picked Brett Brown, and 2% picked Kenny Atkinson. Personally, I would go with Stevens. And I know a lot of people who know me personally are probably like, oh my god, Fish just picked Brad Stevens out of this whole thing. Yes, I picked Brad Stevens. I think that with the kind of injuries that the Celtics have had throughout this entire season, I mean, there was a point where they pretty much had no guards left and put Jason Tatum in as a point guard. Um, and they were still able to get a number two seed. I th- I just think that's impressive on Steven's part. I think he's one of the best X's and O's coaches in the entire league. Um, so I would give him coach of the year for the Atlantic and coach of the year for the league. I would also give to Brad Stevens. But the fans have spoken and they say Dwayne Casey. So I guess we'll have to see how that one plays out. Now, for... You know what? We'll do MVP last. We'll do MVP last. Um, 
So uh, now it's on to our other kind of like fun er questions. Uh, biggest storyline of the season. The options I had on here were the Hayward injury, the Fultz injury, the Raptors new offense this season, and the fact that the Atlantic division took the top three seeds in the East. Out of the 85 votes, the Hayward injury takes the cake with 47%. The Fultz injury at 26%. Raptors new offense at 7%. Uh, the top three seeds at 20%. I... See, for me, it was really a big... like. For the longest time, at least, it was a tie between the Hayward injury and the Fultz injury. Just because with the Fultz injury, we've never seen it before. We've never heard of this like muscular imbalance thing. When when at first they came out with the diagnosis for it, everyone was like, "What? Uh, what does that mean?" And then on top of that, he they say he's like structurally fine, but then still misses sixty some games because apparently what everyone says is he has the yips and just can't shoot a ball anymore um i thought that was crazy uh it, it was i mean like i said we've never seen it before this hasn't happened before and it, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon if at all again so i think that like that was really just mind-boggling to me but i would have to agree with the fans and say the hayward injury because that completely changed like the outlook of the Celtics that changed the Celtics outlook from championship to, all right, we're going to be like a playoff contender. Um, and then obviously the Kyrie injury later on was like, well, we're kind of sunk, but with the Hayward injury, especially in the very first game, especially how gruesome that injury was. I think I agree with that being the biggest storyline. Now, moving on to the best bromance. Obviously, there is the bromance of Lowry and DeRozan. There is the one of TJ and Dario. There's the one of Knicks and, like, the Knicks organization and having bad coaches. And there is the Nets and losing. Out of the 96 votes, which I think it's kind of funny that this poll got the most votes out of any of the other ones. But out of the 96 votes, 34% selected Lowry and DeRozan, 24% selected TJ Dario, 28% selected Knicks and bad coaches, and 14% selected Nets and losing. Obviously, you just can't beat the the bromance of Lowry and DeRozan. I mean, this is probably one of the best bromances in all of sports, not just not just the Atlantic Division and not just basketball. Uh, like, these two uh, are in a relationship for all intents and purposes <laughs> i mean if you watch these guys you would think they're in a relationship um so yeah they they just couldn't lose this but i thought it was funny that the the bromance between the knicks and bad coaches all of a sudden shot up to second uh and didn't lose by that much either because i so something that's interesting um i forget oh i was listening to the 97.5 the fanatic here in philadelphia and they brought on the journalist Frank Isola, who is a Knicks writer uh, for the New York Daily News. 
He brought up a stat that said Jeff Van Gundy, when he was the coach of the Knicks, won, I think it was either 36 or 37 playoff games with the Knicks. Since Van Gundy left, they the Knicks have only had 26 playoff game appearances. Not wins. Appearances. That is just awful i and and the thing was that that surprised me about it i didn't think it was that bad like i didn't realize that their futility was was really that intense i i honestly didn't think it was so that that really surprised me um so moving on to this one uh most improved of the atlantic we had van vliet dinwiddie rosier or jacob pertle out of the 67 votes, Van Vliet got 19%, Rozier got 28%, Pirtle got 2%, and Dinwiddie got 51%. This one I completely agree with. Dinwiddie, uh, especially when he came out and, and started for the team when D'Angelo Russell was out, you know, was just on fire. The guy really stepped it up and, and proved that he deserves to be in the NBA. So I think he's going to, if he doesn't stay with the Nets long term, I think he's going to find a home somewhere else, especially as like a six man or something coming off the bench. Uh, so hats off to Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, next one is, will a team from the Atlantic make the finals this year? Out of 61 votes, 44% said yes. 56% said no. Looks like everyone still thinks LeBron is going to make the finals. I disagree with this question. I think a team from the Atlantic will make the finals, and I'm saying it's either going to be the Raptors or the Sixers. I'm not going to go too hot takey and say the Celtics. That's that's a little too hot for me. And so before we get to the MVP question, the, uh, the last other question was most likely to win their next ring sooner. So like the, the, the team who's going to win the next ring first, um, 9% voted the Raptors, 34% voted the Celtics, 4% voted the Knicks slash Nets and 53% voted the Sixers. That was out of 80 votes. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought the Celtics would be a little bit closer than that because of the fact that they still do have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. They just have to come back next season. And bam, you're right back to that championship hopeful contender level. Um, but as we've seen this season, the Sixers have created some crazy hype with Embiid and Simmons. And the fact that Fultz is now back and, and he got a triple-double when he came back uh, is also looking pretty great for the Sixers. So that's another big, big, big thing for them. Um, I would agree, though. I'm going to say the Sixers will win their the, the next ring out of these guys. And Philly's going to go crazy. Now. For the last and final award of the Atlantic, MVP. There were 91 votes. The options were DeRozan, Kyrie, Embiid, and Ben Simmons. The results, Kyrie at 13%, Embiid at 23%. 
Simmons at 19%, and DeMar DeRozan at 45%. The fans have said DeMar DeRozan is the MVP of the Atlantic Division. I'm going to have to agree with them. If DeMar DeRozan wasn't on that team, I believe that the Raptors would be nowhere close to as good as they are. The fact that he finally has really come on from three-point and the fact that he takes three-pointers with confidence now and knows that he has to have that three-point shot to really be a threat to other teams I thought was big in his development and the Raptors' development as a team. So I agree with you, the fans. I think DeMar DeRozan is the MVP. I really wanted to give it to Embiid, but when he got hurt, and then Simmons still led the team on a great, great, great run and showed that he can be a leader of the team himself. That made me think more of the MVP to be DeMar DeRozan. So, congrats, DeMar DeRozan. You are the MVP of the Atlantic. If I had to pick an MVP of the entire league, my pick is James Harden. But that is it for me, guys. Thank you for listening to another annual Atlantic Files Award Show. I appreciate all of you who tune in and download and come back for more. Make sure you check out basketballsocietyonline.com. Check us out on Twitter at bballsociety underscore, on Instagram at basketballsociety underscore. We're also on Facebook. Uh, and you can f- get the podcast on SoundCloud. You can get it on iTunes, um, on Apple, or Apple Podcasts, whatever they want to call it these days. You can find it either under the Basketball Society channel or there is The Atlantic Files on on Apple Podcasts as well. And make sure you check out the rest of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll catch you guys next week. Peace!